0: Hello and welcome to The Lost Button, the podcast for young people figuring out their future life and career. I'm Liz.
1: And I'm Connor.
0: And we're here to help you navigate all the big decisions you have to make about your future and create a path that's right for you.
1: Each episode, we're going to tackle some of the biggest questions and challenges Gen Z are facing about their future, from finding a job you're passionate about to managing stress and burnout. Hey.
0: I don't know about you, but I'm feeling 2022.
1: Oh my goodness. Happy New Year. Woo! First so w-
0: episode of 2022.
1: How Massive. are we? I'm well. It's good to actually be in a new year. Everyone's sort of energized and excited to go.
0: I think it's kind of, it can be stressful at this time of year though, right? Because there's a lot of pressure in terms of like having your goals sorted out and, you know, having a plan and New year, new you, and ditching, you know, any of bad habits. Like, we encourage that, but also I think it can be super overdone. So, how (laughs) is your vision board going? It's not done yet, but in I, so if you don't know me, I always make a vision board. I always spend a couple weeks at this time of year, literally weeks, like decompressing and just like processing a lot of stuff from the year before to kind of hone in on what my goals are, my focus should be and my values are for the new year because sometimes they do change so it's important to like revisit that I think because you just don't have time to during the year. (laughs) Mm. Like I just feel like last year I just did not have any space at all right up until the end to actually process all the good things and bad things that had sort of happened. So
1: Yeah, it's good reflection time and for me going to full-time work, it's exciting and relevant topic because today – This episode is for everyone facing tough challenges in articulating their worth in the workplace, which is super common. This could be about asserting yourself or establishing your brand, navigating promotions or tricky feedback conversations with your boss. Would you rather section. So, tricky one. And they're always tricky, but this one in particular, (laughs) right? Because we've had a little bit of a break. Got to get the brain active again. I know. Would you rather be liked your whole career but never get promoted or be hated and get constantly promoted. Now, what does this mean? So, you get promoted a little bit, okay? So, maybe you go up a couple levels, but you're you're pretty much getting paid the same as when you were a grad. And the other option is like you're hated, like politician level hated. No one talks to your work.
0: But if you're hated, why would you get promoted?
1: No, but that's what a lot of CEOs are like really competent but they're competent with the senior leaders, the actual Uh. employees. I think Bezos, everyone hates him at the lower (laughs) level, but he's like one of the most successful CEOs.
0: Damn. I leaned, at first I was like hated if you're having an impact, as in like, because I don't (laughs) care about what people think really. But it can be really toxic being in an environment where everyone hates you, obviously. But I don't know. I feel like my version of that would be more authentic (laughs) to be hated if I was doing something that, you know,
1: it's truly a passion. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree. I'd rather get hated and promoted than stay as a <laughs> grad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a balance
1: is key. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's supposed to be a bit of a fantasy question or a bit unrealistic. But it's
0: a it's a bit real I'm for you right
1: now. It's a bit real. <laughs> well, you know, I'll be a liked grad for a bit. So I'm yes. g- I'm going we'll to grad. I'll be again. liked. Oh, no, oh. I think I think I will be because I'll just be doing all the work that no one else wants that to job. do, right? So, coffee. so we'll get an yes. update. The Excel and PowerPoint slides. But key stats. So we love these stats. Studies have shown that feelings of authenticity can go hand in hand with numerous psychological and social benefits. One of those being higher self-esteem, improved well-being, better romantic relationships, Valentine's Day coming up, and enhanced work performance. Studies also show that people who are assertive experience less anxiety. And that was interesting for me. It makes sense that when we feel freely able to express our opinions, needs and desires, that there is less opportunity for frustration and anxiety to build up.
0: That hit home for me last year, for sure. I think that authenticity, yeah, empowers you to do that. But you have to be willing to accept the consequences of that too, which might be not being liked, right?
1: Yes, and that's tough, especially the first time.
0: Yeah so what are some of the challenges young people face with the idea of selling themselves or promoting their abilities and goals at work? I think this has been a common theme for a lot of people that we've interviewed and a lot of young grads is that we worry that we'll be a burden right that like we'll be taking up too much of someone's time getting in the way being annoying by asserting ourselves and clarifying what our goals and priorities are but even though you spend 99% of your time thinking and stressing about that, the reality is that the person that you're probably stressing over – likely does not care like there's if they're in a senior position to you and they're busy then they're busy for a reason and it means that you're probably just not on their agenda and I can say that in my own experience like with our team for example I am just flat out often and that means that until someone actually raises like a concern or it doesn't have to be a concern right but like their situation or their goals with me then sometimes you just don't have the capacity as much as you'd like to be proactively creating opportunities for other people so So it's why it's, even though it's challenging, it's really important to understand that I think how a lot of people perceive that reality is not actually the reality for the the people who are in the more senior positions for them.
1: Yeah, I think it's a difficult thing psychologically, especially if you are used to being liked. Like if you've been popular and then you have to go and... I guess it's like a successful model that's worked for you and then you have to actually completely change your mindset. That can be really hard. And personally, I experienced where I had a really tough time at the start of uni sort of promoting myself and I thought that was maybe a bit cringe. And I think I towed the line correctly, but definitely it's something that I had to work a lot on to be like, actually, what I'm putting out, like these interviews I'm doing are good quality. Obviously, some people still hated on them few dislikes on the ted talk but that's normal right and once you accept that you can do so much more and realize that actually those people in like next week next year they're not going to care about you they're not even thinking about you right but you have to live with the inaction if you're worried about other people's opinions that's a big one
0: yeah so what is the mindset that we should adopt instead i think that my relationship with sort of selling myself when you're when you're an entrepreneur right you're selling your business but I am the business so (laughs) I'm not selling myself necessarily to get a promotion but certainly all the time like I'm I'm pitching to people like everywhere that you can think of I can't remember if I've actually said this story before but like I think the weirdest place I ever pitched was like in the middle of surgery like and you know someone said the surgeon's like trying to distract you and being like oh so like what would you usually be doing on a Wednesday and I'm like oh my god like do I actually have to sell myself and my business I did. I had to say it. So it's just, it's ridiculous how often that comes up. And I hated it. Like, I think people have this misconception that if you're an entrepreneur, you must love it and you're good at it. But I did not like it. Like, it's super outside of my comfort zone. But I've had to build up that muscle, firstly, by choosing to believe that what I do has a positive impact on people and that I have as much right to be at the table as anybody else. And I think it's, it will be easy for people listening to think, oh, that's cool. Like, yes, you do. You got a business. Like, you do this all the time. But that was not the place that I started in. Um, it's a mindset that anyone can choose to adopt. Um, and since I've done that, like this year, in in the context of making money or, like, getting a promotion. Like, I've made more money and had more opportunities than ever this year by choosing to believe that. And I really think that, sure, like, my skills have improved and I've gotten better in other ways, but I would actually say the biggest reason for that growth has been the shift in mindset and me backing myself and stopping from getting in the way of, like, creating opportunities by not even putting yourself out there for them because you're too scared that you know, you're going to be rejected or that people are going to think you're a pain in the ass for asking for things.
1: Mm. One thing I did in terms of changing my mindset was not being afraid to be more direct. So if I had like a product or a service, for example, a workshop, I would go, oh, you know, this could be helpful. But actually change that to, you know, based on our research, based on our previous experience, you need this, this is why. Mm. And like being super direct and confident And then another thing that I did was I went for wildly crazy opportunities. So I applied for jobs that were crazy and then I would sometimes get to the final round of that or even get offered them. And so that built confidence then when I would go for more normal jobs that were relevant to what I really wanted to do. So it's almost like training on a mountain and then coming back down to ground is something that I've I've tried to to do and it really changes your mindset.
0: Yeah, awesome. What are some strategies for someone in this situation right now? I find it helpful to kind of create your alter ego, <laughs> like your Sasha Fierce of, of of yourself in your career, because often we spend it's, it's really quite an anxiety consuming and emotional sort of situation. We're really stressed about in terms of putting ourselves out there, um, asking for what we want or what we deserve. Um, creating that sort of mental buffer, if you like, between you and the situation by pretending that you're like, you're a performer almost, you know, you're playing this role of your confident self. Um, I think that's really powerful because it just helps you to go, this isn't me, like this is this is my character, um, which sounds weird, but it's something I adopt, I think, quite naturally now, which has helped me to not sort of feel the rejections and stuff as much and not be weighed down by them.
1: Yeah, I think it has a lot to do with your circle of friends as well. Like, I realized that I was doubting myself because some of my friends back in like first year thought what I was doing was stupid and would like say that. And I realized that actually we'd become different from high school. And so, all the close friends I have now are, by I guess, nature doing interesting things or just trying to be more creative and not being afraid of what other people think. And by changing my who I valued the opinions of, then I was able to take much bolder steps because I wasn't going to be criticized for them. And I think for those listening, if you have people constantly criticizing you and you're doing what you truly love, then you shouldn't take those opinions to heart.
0: Now it's time for The Lost and Found, Even though being lost is a problem that young people across the world are facing, it can be easy to feel like you're the only one.
1: Each episode will bring a young person on the show to share their story and the challenges they're facing about their future.
0: Today's guest is Emma, a 26-year-old experienced strategist at a marketing and advertising agency and one of my most purposeful friends. Hi, Emma. Thank you so, so much for being on the show today. How are you going? I'm
2: pretty good. Thank you guys for having me. This is very exciting. <laughs> Another podcast debut, and we're very stoked because
0: I don't think we've actually talked about this too much, but we all met in LA. Yes. In this weird, like, leadership camp. Slash cult thing that we're all part of, which, yeah, which was such a a fundamental experience, I think, for all of us. Uh, So uh, Yeah, very character building, (laughs) I'd say. (laughs) Exactly.
2: So, can you tell us a bit about yourself, though, and sort of your journey since life after school to now? How long have we got? I'm just kidding. So, I am... 26 years old and I work in the advertising industry, but I don't really like to call it that because it's not so much what I do. I'm more in this sort of quasi consulting space. I am an experienced strategist, which I'm sure most people listening will be like, what on earth is that? (laughs) Um, It's an emerging discipline and it's something that I didn't even know existed when I left uni. So when I left uni, I just got into advertising through the manager. Management path and through exposure to other roles and other types of work I discovered this and it was just something that immediately I knew I needed to get into so I spent the last few years really trying to break into this space and learn more and, and until finally I got the role. Congrats. Thanks <laughs> Exciting. <laughs> it's been quite the journey. <laughs>
1: yeah you spoke about your journey before that did You have like a path that was written for your future. Did people sort of expect a certain journey for you?
2: Totally. I think I was really lucky in the fact that my parents were just supportive. Like they their big thing is as long as you're happy and working and contributing back to society in some way, shape or form, then they're okay with it. I had gotten exposure to the world of marketing through my parents. And so that was what I decided to study at university. I did a Bachelor of Commerce with a triple major in marketing, management and public relations. And I really liked it. I did well at it. Like it made sense to me, but like, I never knew what that thing I wanted to do was. Um, but mum was very supportive in that. She sort of encouraged me to go after whatever it was that I was most interested in. And I was, yeah, I was quite lucky in that regard. I'd never had pressure to follow a prescribed track.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes, even if the pressure isn't coming from, you know, other people, I know certainly for me it comes from myself often, um, you know, to to be something. And, and we're talking today about like articulating your worth and, your value like in work but beyond that I think we all struggle with this imposter syndrome thing that seems to be like a virus that we all (laughs) that we all get as much as COVID but I'm keen to learn about like your journey with that in your career and and confidence like how have you cultivated it for yourself because now I know you as this really cool and confident calm, collected
2: person has it always been that way or yeah, where did it come from for you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> and I guarantee even if I look like that, I'm still I still feel imposter syndrome on a daily basis. I think we all do to an extent, but it's definitely something I've had to work through. When I started in advertising, and particularly when I started at my current agency, everyone is so smart. And so I was just incredibly overwhelmed. Their brains work faster and they've been in this for years, right? Like they know what they're doing. So I'd just sit there as this junior being like I am so stupid, (laughs) I am never going to succeed. But what I've come to realise is that you can't compare yourself to them because they've been in it for years. And also you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. And so like now I'm trying to reposition imposter syndrome as actually like being a good sign that I'm in a good room with good people from who I'm going to learn. doesn't necessarily always make it easier. Like you still feel a little bit insecure about the things that you might say or like the way you might behave in that particular room but I think on the whole if you're starting to feel like oh these people are smarter than me and these people are better than me and these people are way cooler than me like that's actually quite a good room to be
1: in we've heard a little bit through Leap about like mentors did you have any mentors that helped you to get over that sort of um, imposter syndrome and get more confident to show your worth in the workplace
2: yeah, totally. Uh, one of them was actually one of the, like the more senior employees at the place I work who I really clicked with and she was quite instrumental in actually helping me get the role. But I, I was having this really like honest conversation with her and she was like, Don't you, do, you, do you not think that we all feel that? She's like, I'm in the room on a daily basis telling CEOs of Perth's largest companies how to run their business when I have never been in this industry <laughs> nor ever held a ceo role like do you not think i feel that too and so like getting that from someone who's light years ahead of me and who i hold in such high esteem was honestly such a like a revelation to be like oh wait a minute okay no like this is a good thing like this does mean that you're you're accelerating. And like, as an ambitious person, I think if you want to continue to climb the ladder, or if you want to continue to um, succeed, you are going to continue to be in those situations where something seems like it's a bit of a leap too far, but you've just got to go for it. And if you fail, you fail. Like, I think that's the other side of the coin is like, why, why do we feel so, um, so scared is probably like that fear of failing when you actually failing is not a bad thing. I love
0: that mindset. I hadn't actually ever thought about it in terms of, you know, not being the smartest person in the room. And that's, I think, testament to your growth mindset probably as well. Um, And it's, it's interesting because I think in my journey, I've found that, confidence is also like this muscle that we build up and it's a weird thing when you realize you have some control over it because I think we see other people and think they're just born with it (laughs) like they just have it and use it and then therefore like if you don't feel that way then you can't but all of us are constantly like working to be confident and back ourselves I think um has there been any sort of situations in your career where you've been like selling yourself or trying to yeah navigate those trickier conversations where sometimes it can feel like that imposter syndrome can sort of, yeah, take over a bit? How have you handled them?
2: Totally. So one of the most recent, recently applied for a couple of different jobs um, to try and inevitably secure the job that I actually really wanted at the place that I'm at and one of the jobs, when I applied for it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get this. This is in a huge company. It's a more senior role. The... the pay tag whilst it was really appealing indicated that it was a role that was like well above where I was currently at but I applied and given you know the great resignation people are taking people (laughs) left right and centre at the moment and so I had to go through all of these conversations and really like convince myself convince myself and them that I would be a good fit for them and good at that role and I think I'm always someone that's really self-deprecating like I will Convince myself that someone else is a better fit, that someone else is smarter than me, that someone else will do that job a lot better than I ever could. So that was quite a challenge for me to be like, okay, no, this is what I bring to the table and really back that. But I think when you start having conversations with people and getting a bit outside of your own head, um, speaking to you specifically, Liz, you find that your view of yourself is not always the most accurate and you can get sort of that reinforcement that you might need to be like, actually, I've got this, I've got this, I can do this and then just sort of go from there.
0: 100% swallow the fear and then you have to kind of run with it, don't you? Feel the fear and do it anyway.
1: (laughs) Once you sort of had built up that confidence to start making moves towards, you know, the role in your company, what were some of the practical steps that you took for our listeners who might want to do a similar thing?
2: Totally. I think um, having conversations with people both like in the company or you know in the field is a really good step it, because it both helps to work out what it is that you need to do to get there but it also starts signalling to people that you're ready to put yourself out there, sort of start talking about it and that's a move that you really want to make. I think it can feel daunting sometimes like oh as if they're gonna have time for me like to talk to me like I don't want to waste their time but ultimately like if you back yourself in and if you're a good human like buy them lunch and like they'll listen to you and they'll give you um, their two cents on it and I think that was probably one of the most valuable things I did from translating like sort of a plan into action because I'd been planning this for months but it wasn't till I'd had that conversation and like my my now boss was like oh no I think you need to actually start applying for other jobs and I think you need to start like looking out there so that like if this doesn't come up which it probably will but if it doesn't like you've got that path and if this doesn't come up. You can actually leverage yourself into this job. So it was having that conversation that was a pivotal moment for me to be like, okay, no, I'm taking action now. I'm wait, I'm not waiting anymore.
1: Yeah. And like that strategy is quite a bold one too, to actually go and basically get one or two jobs outside the company. It it but it worked.
2: It it did work. Yeah. I would like to put a disclaimer that you need to be <laughs> super careful about yes. doing that. The way I handled it, I'm actually quite proud of myself in that it never felt like an ultimatum. I'd been really honest with my company throughout that this was what I'd wanted and I'd had multiple conversations with them over the course of a year about getting that role and it was really a last resort like okay, I'm going to leave and I gave them a notice heads up that that's what I was going to do. And when it was when the role came up that they were like a, a different when I got a different job offer that they were like okay let, let us just see if this changes everything if we can force some hands nationally but mm. I never threatened I never like positioned it as a it's me or you know but I think the exercise of applying for jobs the exercise of interviewing for jobs and whether or not you get them is great to a like revisit what your worth is and define your value a bit further and prove to yourself that like you can do this and you can get this. And that was really, I think, what I got out of that more so than like Mm. the ultimatum of actually swinging myself into this role. Mm.
1: Yeah, and that takes a lot of confidence to do it. So it's like I think such an important message for people to like Mm. believe in themselves, Mm. right, and take action based on that.
0: I know you have a bit of a mantra that you live by now, but maybe you don't remember (laughs) exactly
2: what what you said, but around saying no, right? Like until you did that, can you tell us? Yeah, totally. I've always been a yes person. I take every opportunity. I'm willing to dig in, go the extra mile, help out. And I still think there's incredible value in that and going the extra mile and being hardworking. But I've discovered this year that that... Being like that all the time actually isn't beneficial because often like you say yes and therefore if someone's asking you to do something that's maybe outside of your role on a regular basis and you say yes, that's not a problem for them because you're doing that all the time and it's actually they don't need to hire someone to do that role that you want Mm. because you're going to do it anyway and so I think the journey I've been on this year and I've seen it happen to multiple people is actually like putting your foot down defining your boundaries is a really important step in actually creating the future for yourself that you want and securing what you want. I think you absolutely need to be willing to go the extra mile still without, without benefit, without reward, without someone saying, oh, you know, tapping you on the bat and saying, well done, thank you for doing that that was outside of your role. You absolutely still need to be willing to dig in and chip in. But I think it's recognising when enough's enough and it's recognising mm-hmm. where your boundaries are in order to make sure that you're not being taken advantage of.
0: I don't think that comes from like a negative place either in terms of like you were saying before, when you're young and or like a junior employee, you know, you feel like you're intruding or being a burden on your senior's time and and all that kind of stuff. But actually, it's like agenda setting. And I remember learning about this in politics, right, and this idea of why grassroots movements and stuff are really important, like your bake sales and your fundraisers and that kind of thing, because it's all about, you know, getting an issue on the agenda of, the decision makers and until you actually voice or whether it's through action of just like saying no um, and therefore like they have to find another way to yeah resource that task or whatever it forces it to be on the agenda agenda totally but until you do that it's totally. just like there's no friction, like nothing's going to change. So it's, it's, yeah, it's a difficult one for like people that are agreeable or, or nice and generous. Or like want
2: to, you know, want to make a good yeah. impression or want to please people. And it, you know, I think when you start in a company, you should do everything you do, you should like you d- can do yeah. to make a good impression. You should make the co- coffees, you should offer to do all those tasks that aren't, you know, within your role. You definitely didn't go to uni to do those yeah. tasks, but I think. At that, at a point, particularly as you're sort of starting to establish yourself as someone who is a go-getter and who will go the extra mile, I think that's where you need to start saying, "Okay, no, if this is really what I want, then mm. saying yes all the time and being really easy <laughs> about it all the time isn't necessarily the way to like stop people in their tracks. Yeah, because if if they if they're getting what they want, like the, the your mm. employer or whoever, they're not going to. Mm. turn around and be like oh here you go he's <laughs> a reward for yeah. doing that free task for me so interesting
1: the final question which we ask everyone is what advice would you give to your younger self now usually we do sort of your high school self but i want to ask you what advice would you give to graduate level emma
2: i would say just don't be afraid to go after it i think this. there's Graduate level, Emma, and like so many of the amazing people listening to this podcast out there, have so much potential. But it is that doubt and it is that insecurity that um, will limit that. And I think if you back yourself in a bit and um, have a really healthy mindset towards appreciating your value, not being egotistical, but just recognising where you are actually, a valuable, where you do have a valuable skill set or whatever it may be, I think back yourself in with that and don't be afraid to reach a bit higher because the worst thing that's going to happen is failure and you can just move on from that. Like no one's going to hold that against you. And so, yeah, I think I would tell Emma five and a half years ago, don't be afraid to reach higher. Don't undervalue yourself. Don't second guess yourself. Just go for it.
1: Really good advice.
0: Amazing. I think your younger self would be super proud.
2: (laughs) Hope so. Great.
0: Thanks for listening to The Lost Button, a podcast helping you figure out your future one episode at a time. If our stories hit home for you today, we'd love for you to leave us a review or share with a friend. Head to our website to get career advice from The Lost Button. Sign up to our mailing list for more practical tips or check out Purposeful on Insta to be part of our community. We'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we're recording today, the Noongar people of Wadjuk country. We pay our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Thanks and have an epic day.